Today's program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market, a dynamic leader in the quality food business, a mission-driven company that aims to set the standards of excellence for food retailers. For more information, visit WholeFoodsMarket.com. You're listening to Heritage Radio Network, broadcasting live from Bushwick, Brooklyn. If you like this program, visit HeritageRadioNetwork.org for thousands more. Greetings, and welcome to another episode of Animal Instinct here on Heritage Radio Network. I'm your host, Celia Cutter, also known as the Food Healer, and this month we're discussing different healing modalities for animals. Today's topic is the Bach Flower Remedies. Our guest, Denise Eaton, is a registered Bach Foundation Remedy Animal Practitioner who I met when getting my own certification. She works for Nelson Bach USA Limited, the American distributor for Bach Remedies located in Andover, Massachusetts. Denise is a registered practitioner through the Bach Foundation International Registry for both humans and animals. She's been employed with Nelson Bach USA Limited for the past 15 years, holding the positions of education and regulatory manager. Denise also provides Bach flower consultations for people and animals, both out of the Nelson's office and in her private practice. Denise and I are both Bach Foundation Registered Animal Practitioners. You can contact either of us with questions or for more information. I'll give details about that at the end of the show. So, Denise, are you there? I am. Hi. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? I'm good. It's so good to hear your voice. How are you doing today? And, yeah, and yours, too. It's been a while. I know. It's been a long time. You guys freezing up there? Uh, yes. Yeah. (laughs) uh, What what we call a wicked winter. (laughs) Sorry to hear it. We've got snow here and cold, and it's just, yuck. Yeah, yeah. You and I both know about Bach remedies and what they can do for animals. And so today I want to share that information with our listeners because, as you and I both know, they're really pretty amazing. And I think a lot of people are really familiar with Rescue Remedy. It's the other 38 that I think people really don't know that much about. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So first off, what is a flower remedy? Well, a flower remedy is basically botanical flowers that uh, were discovered by Dr. Edward Bach, um, who felt that they had healing properties that supported the per- person or animals um, against illnesses that um, attribute to, you know, basically um, emotional factors. So mm-hmm. we, we're looking at the emotional aspect of the person that in long periods of time impede our health. Mm-hmm. Um, he was quite a remarkable man that was way ahead of his time. And he was a physician when he first started, and so I think he, that's an important thing for people to realize. Absolutely. Oh, no, he was a physician. He had discovered the seven nosodes that is used today for stomach intestinal bacteria, um, which is a, an interesting concept if you really think about it, because when people are really uh, stressed or uh, down and, um, you know, life isn't going their way or they're emotionally imbalanced, the first thing with whether it's an animal or a human being is uh, the first side effects is, is the um, the irregula- irregulation of their, of their bowels. Mm-hmm. They either, you know, constipate or they have diarrhea, and that's usually a first sign of some type of, of illness or something, or and what we call a disharmony or unsettlement within your system. Mm-hmm. And so he knew that many years ago. When was he alive? When did he discover these? He discovered them in the late 20s, early 30s. Um, I mean, as a physician, you know, again, he was practicing orthodox medicine prior mm-hmm. to that. Um, but he was, you know, he, he had a, um, he was dissatisfied 
we could say, with the traditional orthodox and the limitation of the medicines. That he felt that when they were, you know, dealing with the diseases and not the, you know, the whole patient, mm-hmm. he felt that there was a disconnect. So, um, as we say, healthy mind, healthy body. He knew he felt that same way in the early, um, oh, the, see, the late twenties, early thirties. Um, at that point, he had left his his lucrative practice, which was in Harley Street in London, which um, was a, a well known area for your well known physicians, mm-hmm. in search for for these remedies that he felt that um, was provided from us from nature that was going to help on that different on that beginning level what caused the disease, um, which was you know our mental state. Mm-hmm. Definitely. And how did he discover these? Well, he was, a, you know, again, he was a scientist, so he was not only just a doctor, but he was an immunologist, pathologist, bacteriologist, you know, so he had quite a scientific background. So he went to nature because he um, believed in Dr. Samuel Hahnemann, who was the founder of homeopathy, mm-hmm. and he felt that, you know, his principles of treating the whole person and, and going to what, you know, provided from nature is what you would go to for your source, and so he used uh, the plants. Um, he went to flowers, and he went and, and discovered, you know, the remedies by um, experimenting on, you know, his himself and his emotional imbalances as well as his patients. Yeah, and I think that's an important thing to know, too, is that Dr. Bach is really looked at as upon as a brilliant physician, but not kind of a god, you know. And the research that we've done, it's definitely said that he was a normal person. He had bad moods. He was not some... Ooh, he was definitely a human being, and that's what was so special about him, because he wasn't on this pedestal. He used his, his not only his ailments, but his, his, his negative mental states to be able to discover the 38 flowers. Mm-hmm. Um, so he was a human being at first. <laughs> and I love that. Say. I love that, mm-hmm. you know. And was he the one that discovered flower remedies or did they exist before he started working on his system? No, he he discovered the flower remedies using the concept. I mean, uh, you know, with homeopathy there's all different flowers that are used for different medicinal purposes, but um not at the level that where Dr. Bach had discovered them. These specific flowers that he chose um were specific to um the healing properties on the emotional state. Mhm. And I know that, you know, there are a lot of different companies that come up with flower essences. Some have hundreds. How many does Bach have? He only kept to 38. He felt that he wanted to make what he called a simple system for every household to use. Mm -hmm. And he felt that within the 38, you're able to blend. And every time you're blending more, you know, one, two, or even up to maybe six or seven flowers at one time, you're making your own, what he called a personal blend of flowers. Mm-hmm. So it's a diff- it's a separate recipe. So with keeping it simple to 38 emotional states, and these are common emotional states. These were, these are emotions that he had studied people. He studied behaviors and personality traits. And he came up with the um, 38 that were the most common that everybody goes through. And mm-hmm. it doesn't matter if you went through it 200 years before us or 200 years it's going to happen after us you know a fear is a fear Absolutely. anger is anger so um he tried to keep it as simple as possible and again there's many many other flowers out there and not to say that their modalities don't are, are, are effective and not the concept that they did to find those flowers was because of uh, dr box methods mm-hmm. and let's see he made the original formulas and so he those formulas are still going at the Bach Center in Wales, aren't they? Yes, they are. So, I mean, the center is uh, uh, located in Oxfordshire, London. 
and that's the foundation of where the um, the tinctures are still prepared according to his methods. The original locations of the plant matters are still being used. Um, most cases, a lot of them are at the uh, the center, but mm-hmm. of course, you know, they've used from um, loc- other locations where his friends had, especially like the olive plants, where you can find those in Spain and mm-hmm. Italy. Um, and of course, on the countrysides of uh, where you have a lot of the wildflowers that just grow at, at a certain rate that um, on the countrysides of, of London. But to this day, they're, they're prepared according to Dr. Bach's um, method. Um, we don't alter the effects, effects of it. And Nelson's does the manufacturing, um, you know, bottling of the uh, stock bottles that, is, that you see on the shelves today. Mm-hmm. And who can benefit from using flower remedies? Everybody, any living organism. So um, if it's, you know, if even if it's a plant, a plant mm-hmm. matter, you know, you, you, you cut um, a p- flowers and you want them to last long because you, you, you cut their life source, you could put the rescue remedy or you can put, you know, a walnut into um, the, the, um, the water. Mm-hmm. Chain, transplanting a plant, they go into shock, you want to put a rescue remedy or a walnut for change. Uh, animals, children, I mean, animals and children, they're so effective for them because we, they don't have placebo effects. They don't mm-hmm know any different of how they're supposed to feel. So you see the results much quicker with a uh, with animals and with um, children. Um, adults, um, we're, we're emotional. I mean, that's why we're, we're human. Yep. We, we certainly are emotional. But every day you can be using the, the remedies. They're very safe and gentle to use. And what's the youngest age that a child can use the remedies? Newborn. We have midwives who use it at the delivery. Because it's right. you know it can be very traumatic at that time. So whether it's the mother that needs it during the time that she's trying to keep maintain control and composure to help this you know the delivery go smoothly to mm-hmm. the to the moment the baby comes out they they bathe the the baby in the in you know rescue remedy or in walnut for the, for the new life new environmental change. Um, so yeah, right from from birth. And it really does go all the way through the cycle to death. I worked in a vet's office when I was taking this course, and, you know, we would have euthanasias for the older animals and the sick Mm -hmm. ones and things like that. And so I had a stock bottle of rescue remedy with a couple other flowers in it just to help the transition for the animal, just to keep them calm and not experience any kind of fear. And you could really Mm -hmm. see a difference, you know. And that's... I love that about alternative medicines and what we're talking about this month because animals don't recognize placebo. And so, you know, when people don't think that this is actually legit, when you're seeing results on animals, it's, you know, there's something to it. So I think that's super cool. And that's why I'm I'm so happy that you're here with me today. Yes, it is. It's very very exciting because, you know, more and more you see a lot of um, animals out, people adopting animals and and it's it's all for the good, all for the good. But uh, you know, but unfortunately, sometimes the you know people aren't educating themselves about the animals as well, and mm-hmm. it can be very stressful for both the human as well as very much for the for the animal. And in having the remedies available to help relieve that you know anxieties or those fears, and you know going through the change or whatever its circumstances is, is good for the whole family at that point. Totally. And then are they safe to use if you're taking other medications or if your pet's yes. on meds? Is that okay? Mm-hmm. Yes, they're complementary, so they don't alter the effects of either or. So, yes, absolutely. And what about allergic reactions? Well, there, you know, because people get worried because it's a plant matter, but, you know, the actual tincture when being prepared, what you're doing is you're just taking the flowers, um, energies, and, you know, medicinal properties and infusing it in spring water, and then it's strained. So there's no plant matter 
And then, of course, when you have the, the dilution from, from, from tincture to stock bottle, it's even that much more diluted. So, mm-hmm. um, so the, what I'm saying is the bottom line is, is there's, there's no plant matter there to, to recognize for enough for right. a allergy. Um, you know, we just again, people need to be, you know, to consult with their physicians and, and their veterinarians just to, to rule out any any possible physical ailments or, or conditions that might have caused the um, the mental state to begin with, mm-hmm. um, or the, or vice versa. And um, but they they are safe to use. And so, as you and I both know, when we make a treatment bottle, you can buy the remedies full strength, basically. And when you make a treatment bottle, you're putting drops into a bottle of water. Mm-hmm. A lot of people think that that's going to weaken the tincture. Mm-hmm. And so they get concerned about that. Can you talk about that? Yeah, I mean, it's not you're not weakening because it's the it's not about with homeopathy they're considered energy medicine. So it's not you're not consuming a whole lot of matter. You're consuming the the energy footprint of that of that remedy. So with flower remedies, you know, two drops, four drops, or a whole bottle is the same potency. It's mm-hmm. not about the potency of quantity. You don't need a whole lot. So those people have understanding and grasping that, it's more about the frequency. You have to, you know, if that energy, if that negative state is going to be with you all day, then you want to get it into you throughout the day and not just once. Mm-hmm. So as I said, you could take a whole bottle at that one time. It's, not, it's the same potency as if taking two drops. Yep. What's more successful is taking two drops drops every hour to maintain the balance throughout the day. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, the only time I have a friend who, I remember talking about this when we were in class together, um, I have a friend who had a dog that would go into seizures all the time, and she was driving the dog around, and the dog went into a seizure, and she panicked and had a bottle of rescue remedy next to her and basically opened it up and gave the dog the entire bottle. But the amazing thing is it stopped the convulsions instantly. And right. so it was something, it, like, she pulled over and was just totally freaked out and called me and was like, is this okay? Did I just poison my dog? And it's like, no, you're going to be just fine. Yeah. You know, and then yeah. was able to go I mean, to it, that. Yeah, and I mean, sometimes, in a, you know, in 9-1 crisis, I mean, we, we, we just want to get it into them. So whether it's the two drops would have been more, just as effective as the whole bottle, yes. But, again, you're, you're, you're in a panic mode. The nice, the reassuring thing is that you can't overdose them, mm-hmm. you know, so it doesn't matter how much you do. It's how you know some animals may need more just for for certain circumstances i mean that was obviously a very physical thing and yeah. and, and that worked so whether you're going to say oh, i want to test two drops first no you're just going to give them what they, what they need exactly. to hopefully get them out of that situation but if it was some you know if it was an animal dealing with stranger anxiety and the, every time a stranger comes to the door they, they shake and they hide and they run under the table i mean we you may want to experiment with that and that's the beauty about the remedies is that you can experiment with them and see what will work and how much will work for your animal without causing any, you know, Ill, you know more um, aggressive symptoms or causing harm to the animal. Mm-hmm. So we are talking with Denise Eaton about the Bach flower remedies. We need to take a break at the moment, but we'll be back in a minute, and we're going to continue this conversation. So just hang on. You are listening to My Used to Be by Pamela Royal on the Heritage Radio Network.org. Today's program. 
program has been brought to you by Whole Foods Market. Did you know that pollinators are needed for more than two-thirds of the world's crop species? Most of these pollinators are bees. However, North America's bee population has been steadily declining since the 1990s. Whether you live in the country or the city, you can show your commitment by hosting a hive in your backyard or even on a rooftop. The beekeeping movement is growing, so you're sure to find swarms of folks who can help you find your way. Learn more about the ways you can help be the solution at WholeFoodsMarket.com slash share the buzz. And we're back. So I'm talking with Denise Eaton about the Bach flower remedies, and we're going to start going more specific towards animals now. However, as we were talking about before, there are 38 remedies. So if somebody goes out and buys the wrong remedy, what's going to happen? Nothing. I mean, it's unfortunate, I mean, but nothing will happen. You won't see any results. Mm -hmm. You see the results for the the remedies that you do choose that are are for the the emotional um, imbalance. And normally, how long do they take to work once you start giving them? It depends on, on the animal. Now, if it's a more recent situation, um, the, you know, the more severe, usually the quicker the results. Um, if it's something more long-term that needs to be evaluated and, you know, they, it's been go- they've been going through that state or, say, for instance, if it's a, um, an abusiveness Mm-hmm. And, you know, if we're dealing with um, an, an animal that um, doesn't, you know, has a fear of, say, men with, with, that wear hats right. because he was happened to be abused by a man with a hat. Now, that's an obviously very fearful rock rose, we say, state, because every time he sees it, he panics and mm-hmm. he wants to attack. And so we will slowly work on, you know, getting them to, you know, with some positive reinforcement trainings as well as with the remedies. But we would use that for a period of time. Um, you know, it, it really depends on the individual. I, to set a time, I, 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 I wouldn't know. As a practitioner, I couldn't tell you mm-hmm. without knowing um, how the animal is going to react to the remedies and how deep-rooted it is. Have you ever seen a case where you've had to keep a pet on the remedies for life? Well, I think rem- pets are on remedies for life anyway because it depends on what's going on. It's they true. can be—they're just <laughs> like you know—they're just like humans. With they're quirky too. They have all these emotional. And anything can set them off. So you, rescue remedies, obviously, a given. You know, whether it's going to, you know, going to that vet or going to our uh, stranger anxiety or you know taking a travel in, in, in the car or you know, there's many reasons why a pet, you know, all of a sudden can be stressed where they weren't stressed before. So. Mm-hmm. Um, I think it's you know don't look at it as a medicine that you have to, they have to stay on for the rest of their lives. You look at it as a you know a supplement of medicinal purposes to help them get through whatever imbalance that's happening throughout that day or, or that given event or that given situation. It doesn't mean they have to take it every single day, mm-hmm. but always have it on hand. Yeah, I like that. It's um, it's true, and I love the fact that you're saying it's not medicine because it's not. It's it's a healing modality, and it's a very different thing, especially because there's no side effects and all, you don't need a prescription and all that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So one of the questions that I get when people approach me about working with their pets is why is it better to work with one of us, a BFRAP, than to do it on their own? 
Because we're trained, to, first of all, we know the indications of all the flowers, and we're also trained to know what to look for. Um, you know, in working with animals, you cannot ask them. You know, it's not like a consult with humans. You're sitting down, you know, in front yeah. of them and say, okay, well, how do you feel today? And they're <laughs> going to be, you know, tell you, you know, with their legs crossed about what fat, totally. bad day they had. So we're we're trained to look at their behavior. We're also trained to look at the whole kind of evolution of animals and where they come from and the species. And so we have this resource of way of looking at, okay, we're putting ourselves in, in that animal's position as that species and are these normal behaviors to have. Because mm-hmm. lots of people want to fix behaviors that pretty much can be normal, common behaviors. And although you don't like them, it doesn't mean that they're not normal for that animal. Right. So um, working with a practitioner, they also will seek, you know, consulting first and foremost with the with your veterinarian because, you know, it's very important for us to get a referral to, to rule out to make sure that the animal is truly healthy because mm-hmm. lots of times a lot of ailments or physical conditions can cause emotional issues as well. Yep. So. Um, and if you don't tra- if you don't you know work with one, you're not going to you're not going to get results from the other because obviously the physical is is going to play a big part of it. Yeah, definitely. And it's things like fear aggression that we learned about, you know, where your dog will be on the end of a leash and bark, 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 and lunging at something, and you're like, oh, he's really aggressive. Actually, in some cases, you could be terrified, and he's trying to defend himself. Exactly. And, and again, and we also were trained about the uh, anthro. Morphopism. Yep. I always pronounce that right because yeah, it's a rough one. I, it, because again, it's about you know we're so if you look at well, the way society is treating animals for companionship, we've taken this as though they're our babies, our sweeties, and yep. and that's great. But you've got to put it in perspective that they are animals and that they don't think the way humans think. Mm-hmm. And um, and we we do the so again when when dealing with a practitioner. They're going to listen to you, and they're going to get your point of view. But first and foremost, they're going to first view the behavior of the animal so that he could, they could get the full story because your view may not be the same as what's really going on. That's true, and I've got to say I have a couple different certifications, and the box certification was hands down the hardest, most labor- and time-intensive certification I have gotten anywhere. And I love that because it really... Some certifications are just kind of pay the money and yay, you can do this now. And we worked really, really hard, which gives us, you know, so much education and so much more confidence in order to do our jobs well. So I think it's important that if you really have a serious situation going on, you can contact myself, you can contact Denise. Uh, We're going to talk about Mm -hmm. that at the end of the show, how to find one of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But yeah, you're going to save yourself a lot of time and probably a lot of money in the long run. You don't want to buy all 38 remedies if you only need three or four, you know. Right, right. And in most cases on the 38 remedies, a lot of them, you know, some of them may not be suitable for animals anyway because it's too hard to detect. And unless you're a behaviorist and really have a lot of in-depth knowledge of, of the species that you're working with, you're not, you know, some some of the remedies are just more complex. Mm-hmm. But there's, there's basic, you know, remedies that are going to deal with the the common situations that we, uh, that we're addressed with every day with, with animals. Mm-hmm. And then do you have to be concerned about the alcohol in the remedies for pets? No. No, I mean, we, we, the Nelsons as a company did bring out Rescue Pet with a vegetable glycerin, and that's because of the industry. The industry does not use, you know, uh, want alcohol, mm-hmm. um, rightfully so. Same with children. Yep. But Dr. Bach's original recipe is with 
a alcohol. That's what it's preserved in. And you're only given two drops, and you can dilute it in water and food on a treat. So for the amount of alcohol they take, it's not something that's harmful to them at all, to their system. So um, he's, he, he, never, he wasn't around when we came up with vegetable glycerin. Yep. So, so. And it's, I'm highly, highly sensitive to alcohol. Like if I have mm-hmm. two sips of wine, I can feel it. The remedies don't affect me at all that way. So, you know, it's right. such a tiny it, amount. Exactly, and you're only for that. What you're taking is is two drops or four drops, depending on what you, what you're taking. And again, you can put it in a little water and dilute mm-hmm. it. You can put it in a hot beverage. You can rub it on the animals, the back of their ears, if you want to. Although you know, it's best suggested to do it on a treat. But you know, whatever. I'm more liberal. Whatever works mm-hmm. for you. Just be careful of that. You're not trying to, you know, um, calm a pet down that's really in a fearful situation where they may attack you. You have to. Your safety has to be a priority. So, what are the most common issues that you see? I see a lot of fears. I mean, yeah. fears, which a lot of them are anxious and skittish. I see a lot of. Um, I do see a lot of dominance, but it's dominance because of lack of social. Um, interactions with their own species, mm. and it's just it's uh, and it's what we feel is dominance because it's it's interesting because every weekend I spend at my dog park because I have two dogs, and uh, and to see the behavior of the social structures of of these animals and what we would say is a dominance is not necessarily I mean they're they're finding their place mm-hmm. is basically no more than if you were looking at a group of children in a play group that. Somebody's going to want, you know, you have different people, different kids that are going to act different because of their, you know, whether they think they're the bullies or they're the smart ones or whatever. So it's the way, but if you let them, leave them alone, they will find their way Mm -hmm. um, of where they belong in in that structure. Um, So social interaction is is, is very much huge because, you know, you you see it every day. If you're walking the dog, you know, two dogs want to go and, and, you know, sniff each other. And, of course, you've got one person saying, oh, that's disgusting, and, yanks them by the neck and mm-hmm. it's like okay now you've instilled this kind of behavior pattern that every time another dog that it's not acceptable to go over and sniff which is a very natural instinct for them to do and now you've causing them to not be social because they're going to start growling and barking because that's not what they're supposed to do and right. especially if the other dog is going to sniff them it's an inappropriate spot so mm-hmm. and now and that's social so, again, I think humans need to be more educated. Um, I see a lot of compulsive behaviors, mm-hmm. um, uh, pica behaviors, mm-hmm. um, displacement. I see a lot of um, um, submissive behaviors as well. Mm. And, and, again, I think it's just because of the way they are uh, they're not socialized the way they should be socialized. Mm-hmm. And also because a lot of times they don't know what's going on. And so it just gets so confusing. I mean, the rules that one of my favorite things I think I learned there, I'm not 100% sure, but was that when you give a command to a dog or a cat, it takes about 10 seconds for it. The way I visualize it is you say, the, you know, say sit, and then you can see the word come out of your mouth, and you can see it go through the air, and then it gets to the animal, and then it goes in their brain. So it's kind of like sit, 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 because it takes about 9 to 10 seconds for it to actually get into their head, have them understand what's going on, and then react or ignore you, depending on what the case may be. So, right. you know, these people that are like sit, 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 it's like you only have to do that once. You know, and, and you are right. And again, it depends on the a- animal too, because you know, I I look at I have a, a second dog, and and I call her. She's my ADD dog because she, <laughs> she just like she just it, the whole body like 
she sees you, it's just shaking. It's like she doesn't, she's like, where do I go? What do I do? What do I go? Oh, am I going to sit? Am I going to, oh, you're going to give me a treat? Okay, where am I going to go? But she is the sweetest, cutest thing, and she's the one that listens the best. Although mm-hmm. you wouldn't think so by looking at her body. Right. You would think that she's a very, but she, again, she was a stray. We don't know what her history was. I'm sure, you know, that she was found out in the middle of nowhere eating all kinds of stuff yeah. and, and very skittish. But she is the sweetest little thing. But, we just we working on that. She was hoarding it first, you know, she, all oh, her no. foods. Oh no! Because she was, you know, again. So we we were giving her the chicory to help with that, um, you know, from the, you know, the, the hoarding and, mm-hmm. and 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 just being overly protective of her, of her stuff. And the other dog is just looking at her, going, "Are you serious?" <laughs> <laughs> so she looks at me and she goes. And you brought her home for me to, for a companion, and why? You yeah, know. Right, <laughs> so, what's your favorite remedy? Do you have one? Oh, my! Well, I like Mimulus mm-hmm. because there is a lot of fears. Um, so that's uh, first and foremost. And again, when it comes to people that don't know how to attack the remedies, I say you start off obviously with rescue remedy because that might be the answer. Yeah. And then if it's not the answer, then we then we have to evaluate. Um, go to plan B and look at the whole picture and what's been going on. But usually um, Mimulus, Cherry Plum mm-hmm. you know, is a big one for lashing out and of course that one is in Rescue Remedy. Um, um, you know what? They all, they're all good at that given moment. So true. No, two anim- no two animals or situations are the same. My favorite is White Chestnut. I worked with a Jack Russell who just was, you could just see him thinking, 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 mm-hmm. thinking, you know, and we gave him White Chestnut. It took a while, but it really, really helped him out. It was just a nice thing. Yeah. And really and the, nice and, to see. Yeah, and the thing about remedies, too, is that, you know, the, it's consistency. You have to be consistent about giving it to them. I mean, mm-hmm. to just give it to them once isn't going to cure it. So you want to be consistent and um, and give it to them and, you know, at least, you know, four times a day if you can, if he's looking for something to change more long-term mm-hmm. to be, in order to see the results. And be patient yep. because if you find the right one, it, it'll work. It really it'll will. Work. Ugh, I hate the fact that we're out of time. We could talk about this for hours. I know, I know. There's so much. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. Thanks. I've been having a great time, and I, I, I love how much you know. It's so cool, Denise. You are, you're amazing. Oh, and thank you. I mean, it's, you know, I'm going to call you if i got problems with my cats. Yeah. <laughs> so how can people reach you? Where can we find you if people have questions or anything? Well, I mean, you know, I'm always at Nelson, so I do work for the company, but my, you can give them uh, my email, which is my full name, mm-hmm. Denise, you know, D-E-N-I-S-E, Eaton, E-A-T-O-N, at nelsons.net. And they're located in Massachusetts, so you can look them up we're, on Google. Yeah, we're, it, we're, uh, our office is in, um, in, in North Andover, Massachusetts, yes. And then you um, can reach me at foodhealer.com. And uh, if you have any questions or any comments, you're welcome to get in touch with either of us. Um, This is Heritage Radio Network. I hate the fact that we're out of time. Denise Eaton, thank you so, so much for talking to us about the Bach Flower Remedies. I'm Celia Kutcher. Next week, we're going to be talking long distance about animal massage. Uh, I hope you tune in. Take care and have a great week. Thanks for listening to this program on HeritageRadioNetwork.org. You can find all of our archived programs on our website or as podcasts in the iTunes store by searching Heritage Radio Network. You can like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Heritage underscore Radio. 
You can email us questions at any time at info at heritageradionetwork.org. Heritage Radio Network is a nonprofit organization. To donate and become a member, visit our website today. Thanks for listening.